0: Son of Porthos! (laughs) Having made up his mind to put his case before Marshal Crakey and seek permission to return to Paris in order to carry out his mother's dying wish and discover the real name of his father, Porthos, Joël is met with two surprises. Firstly, he discovers that the Marshal knows he was concerned with the route of the mercenaries in the Vosges Mountains, but intends saying nothing about it. And secondly, the king has given express orders for him to remain at Freiburg. Joël knows that he now has no hope of leaving for Paris. Oh, sooth, Marshal. I had a great favor to solicit of your bounty, but... It would be unreasonable to make him it now. You were anxious then to leave the camp? Yes. But no matter. A soldier must obey his orders. What the king wills must be done. I shall just have to content myself now in doing my duty in whatever company his majesty has appointed me. You are with the new cannoniers. I will recommend you to Captain Friquet. Friquet? Ha ha! I know him well. Here, and I are old friends. I should not have thought you were the right size to endear you to the little <laughs> He took a little uh, persuading. But we are far friends now. Uh, good, good. I am sorry that I cannot grant a leave you wish. But as you say, a soldier must obey orders, and at least you will be his friends. I shall just have to finish off this campaign as quickly as I can. Oh. <laughs> that will be kind of you. We have been here a long time. Can you not give me some idea of the length of the campaign? On what does it depend? Will it take much longer? My dear boy. My very new soldier. And look, I will show you. You come over here. Yes. And here you can see Slyroes. I see it. Behind those walls is the end of our campaign. That city perched up there in front of us is the sword of Damocles. Hanging over our staff. But, uh, how long? That is the place from which Duke Charles reckons to swoop to tell the rain from us. Well, it belongs to him. He has a foothold from which to spring forward to attack. A place to rest when he wants to recruit. A line of retreat in case of defeat. Uh, yes, sir, I know all this, but how long? Cyber, take on we have the key to Vienna. And the hopes of Duke Charles are gone forever. Unless my young friend... Is why I am bound to take tribal. If it is so important, then why not take it at once? Oh, man, you are too hasty. It is well to be brave, but only fools are presumptuous. Look closely at the city. See how the castle is built as if it were encrusted in the very mountains. Uh, it would present difficulties, I admit. <laughs> yes, Marquis. Without having hippogriffs on which to mount you, It is impossible without the certain loss of half my men. And if I were prepared to waste life like that, what should we gain by taking the castle? There is still the garrison to subdue and the population to overcome. Of course, I see that, but... But you are impatient to be My friend, I have conducted many such a siege as this. One sits and waits. On the end, one wins. Believe me, when the time comes, I will show you the way. But when? How long will it be? Who can say? These things take time. Oh, I see. By the look of concentration on your face, by the way your fingers close about your sword, you are planning something, monsieur. I should be obliged if you would tell me. Marshal, given the opportunity, I could take that citadel by myself. yourself. Oh, oh, fine man, then what is stopping you? You mean you would let me try? If you have an idea in your head, use it while you can. Go ahead, take Freiburg. If you want to make a sublime madman of yourself, am oh, I to stop you. Tell me what you want. I will help you. Marshal your hand upon it. You are a great soldier. God willing, Freiburg shall be ours tomorrow. <laughs>
1: Here he is at last. My Lord Sherwell deigns to arrive at the meeting. <laughs> and the thing like the cat that ate the cream, too.
0: <laughs> Have you
1: come into a fortune, friend
0: Better than that, little 3K hey? Better than that.
1: There is nothing better than coming into a fortune.
0: Unless it be a good fight. Uh, that's the thing to make a man smile. And that is what I'm smiling at, for that all.
1: A fight? But you take it? We've been sitting here with nothing else but fights for the last month. What do you think you ride to a war for, my friend, is not to fight? Fight, he says. And I thought it was something exciting.
0: It is something exciting. I am going to take Freiburg.
1: Just because he... What did he say?
0: I am going to take Freiburg.
1: Boleron. Dear kind Bolero, Feel his fight. The man is ill. Frightening a couple of hundred mercenaries last night have gone to his head. <laughs>
0: uh, monsieur. No one use the soldiering. Surely, even you must see that Cyberg is a formidable objective. Nevertheless, I shall take it.
1: Nevertheless, he says I shall take it. <laughs> Death of my life, and will you do it alone?
0: Oh no, no, no! For you shall help me. Oh,
1: well then, that's a different matter.
0: Three K helps. I go too. I'll need you both, and Equivo and the same small company we had last night, more or less.
1: You tell me you can take Cyberg with forty of us.
0: Possibly with less.
1: And how do you intend doing it? Your great sword, or your bare hands, Snider.
0: I shall take it with this. It's a walking stick. Oy, that's the stick that Acresold had. He yes. said that you left it at Dupont's farm. That's right, I did, and he brought it to me. And with this walking stick, or rather, what is inside it, I shall take Freiburg. <laughs> And as Joel's plans are being made and carried out, the wily old governor of Freiburg is preparing for his supper in the great vaulted banquet hall of Freiburg Castle. He is a middle-aged man, as Governor Schultz, a great mountain of a man who looks what he is, a gourmet, and one not likely to let the small matter of a siege interfere with his appetite. Ah, food. <clears throat> food and wine, Otto, the best things in life. Now, what have we here? Oh, chicken estrelita and moselle. Ah, uh, Otto, a sonnet worthy of the greatest poet. It is a great soldier, Colonel Schultz, who can talk of food and wine so lightly when his town is hid. Uh, what is a little siege compared with chicken estrelita? I tell you, Otto, beneath this gleaming silver dish is romance. A dish conceived in a great brain and executed by a master for the pleasure of a king. Chicken Estrelita was first made to tickle the palate of the king of Spain. Did you realize that, Otto? No, Colonel. You have been too busy worrying about the siege, Otto. You have a plebeian mind, my friend, that cannot soar above such mundane matters. Uh, Pour the wine, please. Are you not worried about the siege, Colonel? Aye? Why should I be? Now now be careful or to treat it gently now. It is Moselle. The best wine the stupid French have ever made. Bottled sunshine, Otto. Why I should worry about the siege. You cannot pretend you like having an army camped upon your doors. They do not incomode me. My good Otto, the walls of Freiburg are thick. And we have a good store of provisions. They cannot last forever. Nobody suggests they should. Duke Charles has promised to send relief to us. And on that promise, I am content to wait in peace. But, but suppose something has happened, suppose he cannot come. The prince has never failed us yet, Otto. He is a gentleman, an honorable man of his word. Yes, Colonel. So we wait for him. We have more guns than the enemy, and more ammunition. By the look of things, we keep a good guard and pound away consistently at their entrenchments. Oh, Confound! <laughs> Cannot a man eat in peace? Enter, us. enter. Us. Ah, it's you, Captain. Didn't they tell you I was dining? I dislike to be interrupted at a meal. Well, come in, man. Don't stand there spluttering. What's the matter? Good. I have to announce the arrival of a messenger. To my Lord Duke Charles of (laughs) Lorraine. What? Confounded man, do you realize you're spoiling my dinner? And what nonsense is this you talk? A messenger from the Duke? It is true, Colonel. In fact, two messengers. How could they get through to us? The French are fools, it is well known. But surely they'd not let messengers penetrate their lines. I don't know how they managed it, but we observed them running towards us, Colonel. The French were shooting at them, and our pickets did likewise. And they were not hit? Good. The double-fire grandly and jumped into our moat-shouting, friend, friend, so that we cast a rope and hauled them onto the rampart. They are now in the guardhouse flying off. What sort of men are they? Not Frenchmen. The little one is dark, Spanish, perhaps, and the other more like a Saxon, a giant of a fellow. It's my opinion that the discrepancy in size confused the French and prevented the two being killed. So at one stage, I suppose they could have caught the giant, had any of them enough courage... To come near him. Mm, well, let them be brought in at once, and I will interrogate them while eating. Mm, a barbarous practice, but it cannot be helped. I'll see them both, and if there is anything double faced in their story, you may warn them. I'll hang them both from the highest rampart, and no discrepancy in size can save them. Bring them in, Captain. Oh, <laughs>